On this Friday installment of Locked On Texans, the Houston Texans close out their 2022 preseason schedule with a victory over the San Francisco 49ers. But what are some of the most important takeaways from that game? Cody, we might as well go ahead and get into it. Let's start the show. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a late Friday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. John Hickman here, of course, joined by Cody Davis. Both of us had late nights on Thursday, <laughs> which is why the show was not published at its normal time. And so we have an opportunity to talk Texans right now. The Houston Texans took on and beat the San Francisco 49ers 17-0. In that game, Davis Mills, 6 of 10, 1 TD, 1 interception. Marlon Mack, 10 carries, 55 yards. Damian Pierce, 6 carries, hmm. 37 yards, and a touchdown. Damian Pierce is looking like a <laughs> mid-round fantasy pick that I may go ahead and grab. Uh, Rex Burkhead, 10 carries, 28 yards. Put a pin in that. We'll be right back. To that Chris Moore got into the end zone, two catches, 35 yards, one TD. Uh, and it was good to see Chris Moore, I think, create some separation between himself and another Chris that is on this roster in the wide receiver room. But what I would like to take away, Cody, Jalen Petrie being utilized to his strengths. Let's talk about the defense. Speaking about speaking of Jalen Petrie's uh, five tackles, four solos, one tackle for loss. The Houston Texans held the San Francisco 49ers 0 for 3 on fourth down conversions, only allowed 2.1 yards per rush. Kurt Hennis finished the game with three tackles for a loss. Michael DeWonfer finished the game with two tackles for a loss. Guys, this is a defense that is perfectly balanced between young guys and veterans. But if I could use one word to describe the performance I saw on Thursday against the 49ers, Cody, that would be fast. Hmm. Everybody was getting to the point faster. Everybody was making quicker and faster decisions while they were dropping back in coverage. And their assignments were, uh, I, I just, I don't see, I don't think we've seen a defense in Houston this fast in a very long time. Uh, when you look at some of the year two guys under Lovey Smith, Christian Kirksey, Kamu Grugier-Hill, those two linebackers, I think are doing a very good job and they have not received the credit they deserve for setting the tone for this defense coming into year two. Uh, Jonathan Owens, another year two player who has earned the starting safety position alongside of uh, second round pick Jalen Petrie. These guys are doing things on the field that seem inspired. They are inspired. They're doing their job. Kudos to Lovey Smith who had a question mark over his head when he took over and he said that, well, I'm going to continue to call the defense. And then you go out and draft Derek Stingley. And the first thing you tell him is, well, be ready to follow the number one receiver on the opposite team. And in the second round, you draft Jalen Petrie, who isn't a traditional drop back safety. You know, you have to really utilize him to his strengths. Kudos 
to the OG for getting it done, a defensive genius, understanding that this is modern football, allowing guys to do what they do best. What I saw from this defense, Cody, before we move on, is just guys who are hungry. I think the defensive front is going to be the hardest to make cuts on. Hmm. When you look at a one four, when you look at an Addison, when you look at Jerry Hughes, I know you're excited to talk about Jerry. Shout out to H-Town. He's from the hmm. home city. Uh, but overall, against the 49ers, they had an opportunity to go up against a starting quarterback, to go up against a starter receiver, two starting receivers. The best, I think, output of a starter group we've seen so far in preseason and uh, held them to zero points. You talked about how young this defense is, how fast this defense is, and not only that, the veterans like Christian Kersey and Kamu Grugier-Hale. All of that has played a factor into why we are sitting here today thinking to ourselves, this defense is going to be a problem for the opposing team throughout this upcoming season. John, there's also two other factors I, I believe that you're missing. One, everybody on that defensive side of the ball is brought in. And that is very important because, of course, as you mentioned, when Lovey Smith took over as the head coach and he said that he was going to continue to be the defensive coordinator as well, there was a question mark. And everybody wanted to know how is Lovey Smith going to update his Tampa 2 defense and actually make it more efficient and more valuable for this upcoming season. And we have seen throughout these last three th preseason games against the Saints, against the Rams, and now against the San Francisco 49ers that this Houston Texans defense, Lovey Smith has actually taken the time out to make some changes to that Tampa 2 defense, and that is part of the reason why we are seeing this Houston Texans defense play so well throughout these first three games. And two, and most importantly, John, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if it's the defensive line unit, the linebacker unit, or the whole entire secondary unit. The Houston Texans are deep on the defensive side of the ball. And all you have to do is look at those big guys up front on that defensive side of the ball. Look at that defensive line unit. You guys have heard me say this throughout this throughout this entire week. The Houston Texans as of right now have what? 13, 14 defensive linemen on their roster and they could really use 10 of these guys throughout this upcoming season. Heading into this game, this is a defensive front unit that had recorded what 11 sacks. Now that has that has went up to 14, all because you added Jerry Hughes and John. Like I mentioned during our preview show, the only thing Jerry Hughes did was just make this up uh, this defensive line 10 times better. And just think, we still haven't seen this defense at full strength. I'm loving what I'm seeing out of this Houston Texans defense, and they're going to be the reason why the Houston Texans could win more than four and five games throughout this upcoming season. Another thing I want to mention, and another player I think deserves uh, some credit, Steven Nelson, man. He may, you know, he may end up being exactly what Houston needs alongside of Derek Stingley. And, you know, if there is a rough patch in his rookie season where things are just kind of getting to him, Steven Nelson last night at least showed that, um, you know, you can put him on your top number two in the league or number one, and he can make a play. Or one big pass deflection in the first quarter, 
I believe that was against Brandon Ayuk. Got in there and made a play. Um, I also want to put a spotlight on cornerback Isaac Yidham. Hmm. Targeted four times, only allowed one catch for seven yards and forced two incompletions. So we talk about being deep. You are 100% correct, Cody. I, I looked at Hennis. I'm looking at DeWan Ford. But then you look at the cornerback position. Tremont Smith made a couple of plays last night as well. Derek, mm-hmm. uh, not Derek, but Desmond King. Listen, the way he read that hook curl, he dropped back in zone at the nickel position. All he did was his job. And the ball came right to him because he's been in position. There's no question about where you need to be. You know your assignment. Get to it. And that's what we're seeing out of this Houston Texans team right now, defensively at least, that they have been coached very well. And ask yourself when was the last time they've done that. Kudos to Miles <laughs> Smith, uh, the linebacker coach, the son of the great Lovey Smith. He's coaching his linebacker group up very well. right? I don't think we've seen a linebacker group in Houston move this fast while being able to drop back in coverage and make plays. So they're, they have been – uh, coach well they've been having some good games as well so far in the preseason i think that what we've saw you can hang your hat on the thought of defensively maybe houston will be able to win some more games than what they did in the past two years because they're deep if a guy needs a break they can put somebody in that could possibly you know not necessarily uh count against the houston texans defensively come in and right on right on track he can do his job make plays, um, and I, I think overall Houston's going to have a very difficult time again trying to figure out who they're going to keep, who they're going to let go, because for the most part, a lot of these players have shown that they should have an opportunity to make this roster. Really quick, before moving on, I do want to give a shout-out to Derek Stingley Jr. When you look on the box score, I know it nothing stands out. Three tackles, one solo hit. You might think to yourself, Derek Stingley really did not do much throughout the game. However, I'm going to go a complete 180 and say he did. I love what I saw out of Derek Stingley. The Texans had him lined up against Debo Samuel. John, listeners and viewers, when you go back and you take a look at that game, please be sure to pay attention of how Derek Stingley was in the body of Debo Samuel and there was at least two maybe three times where the 49ers were trying to rough up Derek Stingley and Stingley did not back down I love what I saw out of that young rookie and John once again three tackles one solo hit but the fact that Trey Lance did not target Debo Samuel while Derek Stingley was on here I believe he targeted him one time but Stingley wasn't on him at that moment. That lets you know the type of impact Derek Stingley is going to have on this defense for this upcoming season. I'm so glad you said the word impact because we're going to use that. I'm going to use that word <laughs> transition over to what we're going to talk about next offensively. But the first three picks, two of those players are being – they've been complete impacts for this defense, man. And, and I think it's been – two positions that in the past couple of seasons, those safety and corner has been maybe the biggest question mark mm-hmm. along uh, uh, in this defense because it hasn't been an impact player. It's been players that you hope pan out. It's been, it's been players that you hope you can coach. And up that's been and since we've been covering this team. That's since we've been covering <laughs> this team. 
and they won't run the social media. But now you have two players at those positions respectively that have that have been impacts for Lovey Smith in his first year as a head coach for the Houston Texans. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or just struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, buy a wedding gift, or go ahead and purchase those texting tickets you've been contemplating over. You can finally tackle those extra expenses that's been stressing you out without any hangups, and there's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve and member FDIC. Thanks again for making Locked On Texans your first listen every day. It's Fantasy Draft Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. So go make sure that you're listening to the Locked On Fantasy Football for your second listen. Fantasy expert Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. Cody, I think the best way to open up this discussion offensively is a quote from head coach Lovey Smith, and that quote is, we are a running team. Cody, welcome back. Listen, welcome back <laughs> as we talk about the Houston Texans offensively. Offensively, some of the highlights we mentioned earlier, when we look at a Marlon Mack rushing for 5.5 yards per carry, when you look at a Damian Pierce who had a score on the ground, he rushed for 6.2 yards per carry, 37 yards on six carries. Cody, between those two young men, they combined for 92 yards on 16 carries and a TD. Marlon Max came on a long 24-yard run. Damian Pierce Long was a 12-yard run. Uh, also, Royce Freeman was able to get into the mix. He had a 14-yard run. And Dare Ogubuwale, 4.3 yards per carry, and his longest carry was 11. And as great of a night Damian Pierce had, that's not the story for me, Cody. I know you want to call this locked on Pierce, <laughs> but we may have to run it back and say seeing Green. We finally had an opportunity mm. to see Keon Green play some football. And if you are searching Twitter, if you watch the game, there's one word you can use to describe that young man out of a Tascacita close to H-Town, and that's just nasty. Hmm. Quick to his point. Nimble with his feet, athletic to get to his point. Listen, I was watching the game at the stadium, and one thing popped off immediately. When I saw he was in the game, there was a play at the left car position where he pulled left and created some space by just knocking another grown man out of the way. <laughs> There's another run on the Marlon Mack where he moved two grown men out of the way on one play. Cody, this is what we've been expecting to see out of Kenyon Green. And that's just a nasty young man who wanted to get healthy, but at his height, with his potential, he's going to be a body mover, not a bodybuilder, 
but he's going to move bodies and the better he gets, the more time he gets in the NFL, you expect for that ability to get better. But he looked very good last night with the reserves. Uh, and that was what I wanted to see was the potential still there. Right. And of course he wasn't going, he wasn't going up against the first team, but when you are out of football and hadn't had the opportunity to play in some live games like your counterparts, Max Sharpen, Justin McCray, some of the others have been having an opportunity to do so. You are rusty, but it didn't look as though he was too rusty. There was some, uh, I think, issues with uh, conditioning when you visibly saw that he was tired. He <laughs> did go into the blue tent at one point during the game, came back out, went in, and came back out and went back in to play football. But I think that's a story for me because there was no optimism without him at left guard. Right? Yeah. It was. Justin McCray, it was Max Sharpen, and everybody was praying against Max Sharpen. He hmm. is the optimism, and that optimism seems a, a lot more brighter now that we had an opportunity to see him play football. Yeah, and first of all, let me just say I apologize to Mr. Keon Green. You know, I've I've been jumping on him over the last couple of days because, as you guys know, throughout training camp prior to him going down with that concussion, um, he didn't really stand out to me at practice as much. However, John, once again, going back to our preview show, remember I said I wanted to see how the Houston Texans are able to run the ball with Keon Green in. And when you go back and you take a look at Marlon Mack's play where he ran for 24 yards, that came due to Keon Green creating a hole in that offense, offensive line in order for him to rush through. I love what I saw out of that. And once again, if Keon Green is able to make Marlon Mack look good, I cannot wait to see what Keon Green is going to do when you have somebody like Damian Pierce running behind you i cannot wait to see that but john going back to this run game and of course that seems like the only thing that we can really dissect throughout this whole entire preseason as of right now look rest burkhead gotta go <laughs> he, he plain and simple that's that's nothing else that you can say and look i understand it's preseason i understand that Rex Burkhead is a veteran. I understand that he is a culture guy, but John, don't say that. I, I'm, 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 I'm gonna take it back. No, I'm gonna take it back. I'm gonna take it back to these prototypical adjectives to describe we, a player that should not be on this roster. Who I 100 agree with you, John. But listen, listen to me. I'm gonna take it back to the start of training camp. Remember when I said. In order for the Houston Texans to move forward and continue building a successful rebuild, this is the year where they need to make sure that they favor talent over culture. You already know Damian Pierce is starting running back against the Indianapolis Colts. Running back number two should definitely be Marlon Mack, and running back number three should definitely be Dare. Point, period. That should be the end of discussion. Rex Burkhead, thank you for your time. Thank you for your services. Going back to Thursday's game, John, listen to the views. Check this out. In the very first offensive drive, when the Houston Texans scored um, their first touchdown of the night, the Houston Texans recorded 85 total yards, and Damian Pierce accounted for 37 out of the 85 yards. The very next drive, Lovey Smith put Rex Burkhead in the game. 
John, guess how many yards they recorded the very next drive after recording 85 with Marlon with, with Damian Pierce? Just guess. Just take a wild guess. 17. Seven. You was close. Seven. They recorded seven total yards with Rex Burkhead on the next drive. Keep this in mind. Going back to the first drive <laughs> with Damian Pierce as your running back. Remember, this is a quote-unquote running team. 85 yards with Damian Pierce in the backfield. Second drive, Rex Burkhead comes in. You record seven on your first drive. Guess how many yards the Houston Texans recorded the rest of the first half with Rex Burkhead in the backfield? 39. Close once again. 32. <laughs> 32. And to make my argument really quick, start of the second half, Lovey Smith replaces Burkhead for Marlon Mack, and they end up recording 77 yards on another touchdown drive. Cody, I do want to shine some spotlight to Troy Harrison, uh, the young man, the DN, to fullback convert. I don't know if they're going to uh, – if he's going to make the roster or if he's going to stick around as a practice squad player. Mm -hmm. I don't see Houston moving along, uh, moving away from him at this time. I think he deserves a shot to be a fullback on this team um, over Paul Quisenberry. Uh, that one the, one of those plays, and I, I wish I had the numbers on me, so I'm going to go back and make sure I watch some film. But the two plays where he was able to be a lead blocker for Damian Pierce ended up in positive yards, six or more yards on those carries. And he was a, a direct, like, move out the way, I'm coming, big body on big body, and he made a play which allowed Damian Pierce to find some room to run the ball. So uh, that young man had a good night. I know before we get out of here, we're going to talk about some of the things that may lead to players getting cut or our expectations of players may need to be lowered. But I do also want to show some love to Chris Moore. I think Chris Moore last night really bumped up over Chris Conley, who I don't think should be on his roster anymore uh, in terms of, you know, no production or lack of, but Chris Moore also had a good night as well against the 49ers. And so offensively, Houston did some good things. I think so. Uh, we see the blueprint of this offense being successful behind the run game. Mm -hmm. And I think with a su successful offense, this will, this will be another reason why Davis Mills should have some success because you now have, the blanket and security blanket of I can hand the ball off with the expectation of being able to move the ball. Now for Davis Mills, again, I'm going to go back and, and look and see how many times, but when you are in favorable passing downs, then your job as a quarterback in year two with a new offensive coordinator, uh, I expect for you to be able to convert. And for Davis Mills, he did a very good job. I think so converting six to 10, had a passer rating of uh, 70, one interception, two sacks. Wasn't a game that he blew you away in. Hadn't blown anybody away so far in preseason. Uh, but when you have a running game like this who can rush for 156 yards, then, yeah, your, your job as a quarterback is going to be made a whole lot easier. 
BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for your lines, games, and all of your odds. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online research resource excuse me for all of your sports wagering information from live betting scores and podcasts they got you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening because bet online is where the game starts welcome back in ladies and gentlemen before we close out today's show and talk about players that may just be beyond the bubble, but bubble players that may not make this roster. Kenyon Green said, it felt good getting out there with my teammates. I feel like I can still get better. My technique is getting more comfortable. I feel like I did pretty good physical taking people off the ball. That's pride. Hmm. That's pride. That's that's. I like, apologize. I apologize, Mr. Green. I that's, apologize. And, 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 and if I could if I could not be so professional with it, taking people off the ball equals Moving people the hell out the goddamn way. <laughs> like, we got a running back that needs to pick up some yards. And also, he said, making sure I'm driving them off the ball as well. Another great quote, I think, from Lovey Smith said, it's an insult to their defensive line if he calls blitzes. Now, Lovey, I still want to see some throughout the year. However, in three games, 14 sacks, your defensive line, uh, which has been led by everybody, like, Grenard has gotten involved. Jerry Hughes, in his first game, he's gotten involved. DeWan Four, Hennish, uh, Okrawankwo, like everybody has been getting involved. And I love that he is stamping that I have confidence in my front four guys. Love to hear that. But, Cody, my concern right now, and I really wanted to start the show off with this. So, guys, please make sure at this point, don't cut off. But my concern right now is for Chris Conley and Brevin Jordan. I'm going to talk about Brevin Jordan first. He is a second-year player we've had a lot of excitement for because of his skill set. Uh, I think he has gotten better as a blocker, not nowhere near where you want him to be, but he's been better. However, after watching the last two preseason games, it's a reason why Houston still wants to upgrade that tight end position. Uh, Brevin Jordan has not been serious so far. Farrell Brown has not played in the last two games. And have we came away definitively saying, oh, Brevin Jordan should be the starter? Mm -mm. No. Uh, last night, Davis Mills put it on the money, drop pass. Uh, there has been times where, you know, you may do a good job of blocking on this play, but then a couple of plays later, you're whiffing on blocks. What are you doing? There's no consistency there with that young man. This is year two. However, Again, there is a reason why Houston may still upgrade their tight end position. When you have a veteran who they gave the starter, uh, they named the starter in Brevin, not Brevin Jordan, in Farrell Brown, and he's been out for two games, and you have not created separation between that man, that's an issue. And mm -hmm. honestly, I thought Seth Green has looked better than uh, Brevin Jordan. In wow. The past. Yeah, especially last night. Brevin, uh, not Brevin Jordan. Seth Green Seth had Green. a great uh, a, a great pass. He caught a pass. Um, and with Brevin Jordan, it's just like, where are you? You are not doing anything on the field to stand out. 
You've looked like another player. And that's not good. And for Chris Conley, I just don't think Chris Conley is engaged in Houston. Uh, the one pass that seemed to sail over Chris Conley's head. Now, there's a video going around right now on Twitter by Jason Braddock. Uh, but when I was in the stands with my boy Phil, shout out to Phil at the Field and Stats podcast, we were watching the game, and he was like, he pointed it out immediately. He said, that's not on Davis Mills. If you look, if you look and saw that, Chris Conley just didn't want to track the ball at all. That's actually some good ball placement from his quarterback to put it only where your receiver can make a play on it. But for Chris Conley, there was no attempt to make a play on it. And when you look at a player like Chris Conley, who's who's been with the, the better teams and he's been with the worst teams. When you look at his time in Kansas City and his last two stops with the Texans in Jacksonville, he just may not be engaged here anymore. And for a team that's going through a rebuild, you it's just time to move on from him. Even with him on his roster, there's still an upgrade needed at the wide receiver position. And so moving on from him won't help. I mean, it won't hurt. I think it may only help give those snaps to maybe a, a Jalen Camp or a Johnny Johnson. And those two young men still hadn't had an opportunity because of their own doing to stand out and create separation. However, uh, if he's not going to be engaged here in Houston, just go ahead and move on from him. They already know how I feel about Chris Conley. I mean, you in the last segment talked about how yesterday you realized Chris Moore was more of a deserving spot on his 53-man roster than Chris than Chris Conley. John, I've been saying that going back to week five of last season. Um, and, of course, that was a game against the New England Patriots where Chris Moore had, I think, six catches for like 100 and some yards. I think, think like 110. But um, I 100% agree with you. You know, Chris Conley, Rex Burkhead, I put them in the same I, I put them in the same box to where I look at these two guys and say, once again, this is a moment if the Houston Texans want to have a successful rebuild, if the Houston Texans want to be competitive throughout this rebuild, because as we've seen throughout these three preseason games, and even going back to the second half of last year, when you look at the promise that a Roy Lopez, by the way, Roy Lopez didn't even play last night, and this uh, defensive line still yeah, looked good. Due to, due to a, <laughs> due to a hamstring, uh, it was actually a hamstring injury, which, you know, still soft tissue, but, you know, one of your top defensive linemen <laughs> wasn't even in the game, and yet the defensive front still looked good. But I say all that just to say, when you have young guys, young hungry guys who are talented, they can make this rebuild a lot better. But I just hope when we look at this 53-man roster, we are not looking at this and thinking to ourselves and scratching our heads saying, why is Russ Burkhead still on this roster and Dare is on a practice squad or whatever the case might be? Why is Chris Conley on this 53-man um, man roster and – you have Jalen Kim or Johnny Johnson III, two guys. I know they didn't really stand out these last two preseason games, but all you got to do is go back and take a look at the game against the New Orleans Saints and see what they can actually do on the football field. And by the way, you guys know, for those of you guys who have been rocking with this podcast for at least throughout training camp, almost every single day, those are two guys within that wide receiving core where I came on this podcast and said, they deserve a spot on this 53-man roster because they can help the Houston Texans overcome a big loss in John Metchie, who was definitely going to help put this wide receiving core over the top. By the way, 
John, and I want to get into this next week. I did not like, the only thing that I did not like was the fact that Lovey Smith did not put Brandon Cooks and Laramie Tunsil out there, especially Laramie Tunsil. You're talking about a guy who has not played football since last October. I understand he's a veteran. It's been a long time. <laughs> I, I, I should have left you. Exactly. You know. <laughs> Look, I understand that he's a veteran. I understand that, you know, it doesn't take much for him to get back in game shape. However, I mean, it's almost September. And that means he went what? 10 11 months without playing a full nfl game and i just hope that doesn't hurt him going into week one of the 2022 campaign um at least throughout those first couple games and you know I, I, i'm not too concerned but i just think lovey smith should have played both brandon cooks and larry Tunsil. and like i mentioned and, and of course we'll get into this next week um i even talked to davis mills about this and i understand that there wasn't much that you can share about what you're expecting out of this offense. But once again, against the San Francisco 49ers, especially during the time you had Rex Burkhead in the backfield, I saw another vanilla-style offense, and I'm thinking to myself, whatever you guys are cooking behind closed doors, this would have been the best moment to showcase what you guys would like to do on that offensive side of the ball because come week one of the regular season, if it mess up, that might be, that, that might be a reason why you start 0-1. So, I, I think those were the only two things I did not like about yesterday's game. But like I mentioned, we'll save all all of that talk for next week. Absolutely, and I'm going to say this: I'm done speculating who they're going to cut, who they're going to keep. Uh, I've been wrong so far for the <laughs> most part. Once Houston makes those decisions, then come to Locked On Texans and. We'll talk about it. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texas podcast on YouTube. Of course, find us under Locked On Texas right there. You can see it. Locked On Texas podcast. Uh, follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. You guys have a great weekend, and I can't wait to be back on Monday. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Really quick. John, you talked about the veteran presence that Steven Nelson is bringing into the locker room, especially for a young player like Derek Stingley. I actually wrote about that on Sports Illustrated at Texans Daily, so please be sure to check out that article. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.